This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I'm going to begin tonight in Romans 4, and then we'll go to Genesis 17. I'm in an area of faith, and I was hesitant to get on this tonight because next week we take a little break as far as we're going to have the night of worship. And then the following Wednesday night, I believe that's the 19th, I'm going to be gone then, so it'll be a few weeks before I get back on this. But I promise you I will. This, this is going to be impacting these next few weeks on these areas of faith. So I encourage you to, to, to come, take notes, get in the podcast and listen to these because they'll get in you and they'll, they'll set you free when you get a hold of them. Just a couple thoughts for you real quick. Um, the men's breakfast, raise your hand, Ernest. The men's breakfast is Saturday morning. Men, I welcome you to that. You can see Ernest after the uh, service if you would like to come to that. And then I, I wish I would have checked the dates. I will have them for you in the upcoming week. But on a Wednesday night in the latter part of the month of May, I want to say the 18th or 19th, I think is that night. Uh, the Bible in, in Ephesians 4, it says that Jesus gave gifts unto men. He gave prophets, uh, he gave apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. And so, in the body of Christ, there's, there's all these gifts. I still believe they're alive and everything. So, I, I always love those gifts. And a lot of times, you get around people that you can trust that flows in those gifts. So, there's a man from Clovis that's very, very dear to me. Very trustworthy. Actually, he's the one that sees angels all the time. He operates in the gift of prophecy. And you, you guys will fall in love with him because he's one of the most humble men I've ever been around. And when you see him, this is no joke. His biceps are bigger than my thighs. He played pro football for the Chiefs, but you would never know that. We're going to have him in that night. And so I encourage you to come. It's going to be such a good night. I'm, I'm going to have our youth down here. I'm going to have everybody in here. We're going to really tear it up. So we'll begin to give you more info on that. And again, the Easter services. Okay. The book of Romans chapter 4. And as you're turning there, if you hadn't got there, every one of us in here has to come to a place of knowing. Knowing God's word, and not only do I know of it, know it that I, I get so full of it, and I become inwardly concerned uh, of it, I'm fully persuaded of the word. I'm not half in or half out, it's not on and off, it's not hit and miss. And the only way I find in my life where I, I become fully persuaded is I begin to know, number one, God is able, and God will. Now, anytime I'm believing the Word of God, and I'm not totally sure, I've been there. I've been there where I hadn't been totally sure. You know what you got to do? You got to get back in the Word. And you got to stay with the Word, because if you really believe the Bible is the final Word of God, then the Word of God is truth. The Word of God doesn't change. And so I dive back in, and I keep getting in the Word of God, and that's so significant for all of us. So we begin here tonight, Romans 4, verse 18. It says, who contrary to hope. Uh, One translation says, contrary to ordinary human expectation. So contrary to hope, in hope. And the hope here in the second one it talks about is an expectation that God would fulfill his promise. Now, God's promises aren't based off of human reasoning. God's promises aren't based on human theories, okay? 
And so he's given me a little bit insight in this, so we keep reading. Who contrary to hope and hope, he believed. Now he's talking about Abraham. He believed. What did Abraham believe? He believed so that he became the father of many nations. Now God told this to Abraham and he said, listen, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And so when God spoke that to him, Abraham had the same potentials or capacity we do. Do I believe what God said? Or do I doubt it? Do I I look at my human body, what it looks like? Or do I listen to God's word? So he said here, he believed God. How did he believe God? According to what that was spoken. So Abraham's belief what God promised him was based completely on what God had spoken. And so that's the same for me and you. When we get into the word of God and we find out that God has spoken stuff directly to us, I have the opportunity to either believe what was spoken or I can deny it. Now, here's the deal. When you deny it or you don't believe it, it's not going to happen. You're not going to reap that benefit of that. I will never walk in those things. So he says, according to what was spoken, the expectation that God would fulfill his promise, and then it says, so shall your descendants be. So in this promise to Abraham, God threw in another promise. And he said, the very things I'm going to bless you with, I'm going to bless all your descendants. Now, if you'll hold a place right there, because I'm going to come back to it just in a second. I want you to go to Genesis 17, because I want you to see biblically what God spoke to Abraham pertaining to these descendants. And you'll watch how the Word of God comes in here to play. And really, we can, imp- uh, we can implement that in our own lives. That's what He wants us to do, to begin to look at the Word of God. And, and when you can find out God's Word, and you can believe it. If you're a born-again Christian, God wants to bless you. Uh, Genesis 17, verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, remember he promised Abraham stuff. As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. He changes her name. Verse 16. And I will bless her, and I will also give you a son by her. Now, what he just said, this was a promise that he spoke to him. And then he said, then I will bless her and she will be the mother of nations. Kings and people shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and he laughed. The New Living says he laughed in disbelief. Why did he laugh? And he said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear children? This is why I laughed. Now, if I was 100, I'd probably laugh at that too. I'm in my late 50s, and oh my gosh, this this may make me suicidal. I'm having, uh uh-uh, that's you young ones, okay? And so you begin to see right here why he laughed. Because he knows what? In the natural 
Hundred-year-old people don't go around having kids. How many of you have been at the mall lately and seen a hundred-year-old man pushing a baby carriage around with a diaper bag on his shoulder? That hasn't happened. I'm just, I'm, I'm ad-libbing here a little bit, okay? The way I think. So he goes, he goes on to say, verse 18. And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Now, Ishmael was a child of his. But Ishmael wasn't born from Sarah. She was born from the handmaid named Hagar. Okay? So this wasn't who God was talking about. But Abraham begins to say, Oh, oh, it's the son I already have. Now, watch what God says. Verse 19, Then God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. And you shall call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. And with his descendants after him. Okay. Go back to Romans chapter 4 where we were at. So you begin to see the promises that God made to Abraham. Now when it comes to those promises. I either believe them or I don't. Verse number 19. Chapter 4 of Romans. And not being weak in faith. That's an interesting statement to me. Every time I read that, I mark that in my Bible with orange. And the reason I did that, he said, and not being weak in faith. You know what that tells me as a believer? I can be weak in faith. That can happen. There's a warning here. How am I weak in faith? If I become weak in faith, that tells me I'm not getting the word of God like I need to. Remember, over and over, Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So anytime you feel weak in the faith or deficient in your faith, understand, i got to get back into the word of God. It's like Jesus said in Matthew 4. He said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We are very good at feeding our natural man three hot meals a day. Yes, yes we do. But if I'm not careful, I feed my spirit man one cold snack a week. And if that happens, you're probably malnourished spiritually. I've been malnourished. There's times in my life where I sense the Lord saying to me, you got to get in the Word, get in the Word, get in the Word. So he said, and not being weak in faith, Abraham did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So with what he just said, everything in the natural seemed ridiculous. Everything in the natural says, no way, it cannot happen. So as I read this verse, I can, I can look at the way everything is in the natural or I can choose to believe what God's word said. The key again was the very start. I can't let my faith be weak. Verse number 20. He, Abraham, did not waver at the promise of God. He didn't waver. So you know what that tells me? And he stayed firm on the promise of God. He had to get to a place in his life where he said, I know what God said. And not only do I believe God is able, I believe he'll, he'll, he will do exactly what he said. So what, what I'm doing here is, is I'm walking us through, every one of us in here, 
the process of how Abraham became what God said he would be. And it's the same for me and you. When we get to the place where we're convinced that God will do what he'll say. So he goes on to say, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But was strengthened in faith. Now another orange mark in my Bible. He was strengthened in faith. You know what this tells me? Your faith can be strengthened. That was deep, wasn't it? (laughs) Your faith can be strengthened. So I look at it this way. That in the physical realm, if you were to go to the gym for a, a month straight... And, and you, you worked hard on your physical body. You started doing curls and upright rows and push-ups and all the other stuff. You would begin to see your body change. The issue with faith is when I start getting into faith and I start working my faith muscle, which is my heart, many times we don't see those. Or never do you really see that outwardly. But how many of you have ever gotten in a place in your life Where you could tell, man, I'm working that faith. I'm getting in the Word. I'm beginning to believe it. And before long, you sit something on the inside. Now, I can give you some illustrations that I know have taken place in this room. I tell you, it blesses me when I hear people that will begin to say, this is what's going to happen, Pastor. I look and I think, hey, hey, hey. Gary, raise your hand. Gary Bender. He can't put his foot up. But Gary was having surgery a few weeks ago on his foot, and, and the report wasn't good. And he said over and over, I mean, every time I'd get around him, he would say, God's going to do a miracle. God's going to do a miracle in there. So they cut his foot open, and when they got in there, the doctor looked and said, this isn't what I thought. This is a lot better. And so being the difference of being in a cast until mid-July, wasn't it? He's going to be up and running before long. And so each one of us have the opportunity to believe. Let me tell you this. Oh, this is good. i got to tell you this. I met the men of iron last Thursday, and we go eat in a restaurant. And there's a lot of us pastors that are walking out, and there's this guy sitting at this table, and this restaurant's crowded. And the guy says to my brother, he said, Hey, pastor, he said, this is my dad. And he said he can't see out of his eye. And he said, we were going to wait to, to pray for him tonight at the meeting. He said, would you guys like to pray for him right now? Would we like to? Right here in the restaurant? Absolutely. I mean, God said, you lay hands on the sick Adam right there in whatever restaurant. And so, begin to lay hands on him. Speak the name of Jesus. Now, you speak the name of Jesus in a restaurant like that. You get people's attention. They're looking like, what are those fruitcakes doing? So he backed off him. And they said, can you see stuff? And he said, my, my, my eye is beginning to focus. I'm beginning to see. It was so powerful. They had this guy stand up that night. And he said, I'm, I'm telling you, God has restored my sight. My retina was detached. And so we, we saw God move in him. It was so powerful. So I didn't know this until the day. There was a pastor from Dallas, and he brought a few men with him. And one of the men that was with him, his retina was detached. And before he left Dallas, he said, man, I need something to do. And the doctor said, I can't get you in for three weeks. So the three weeks was coming up this coming week. And so he was saying, when I get back from the men of iron, I'm going to have that retina reattached. So he hears this man's testimony, and he looks at his pastor, and he said, 
if God will heal him, God will heal me. And so he's sitting there and he stands up and he grabs the seed and he said, the, the pastor tells, he said, I can hear him saying, man, I know God can, if God did that for him, he can do that. And so he said, next thing I knew, he's walking down the aisle and he said, I'm going to get my healing. He says, I get halfway down the aisle and he said, my eye socket totally moves. He's gone back to Dallas and he went in yesterday and the doctor looked at him and said, what doctor have you gone to see already? And he said, Dr. Jesus. So again, I, I can't waver at the promises of God and understand this. Just because my life's experiences don't always match up to the word, doesn't mean the word of God doesn't work. See, that's what always gets me. I, I like to make excuses. You know, when things don't happen like I was, well, but, 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 but. Well, if if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. That's the same from way back as a kid. So he goes on to say, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. Now get this, get this. How was he strengthened in faith? It says, giving glory to God. So this is what I begin to see Abraham do to strengthen his faith. I believe he'd begin to walk around his tent or wherever he was at back in those days and say, I thank you, Father God. I thank you. You call me to be the father of many nations. I thank you that your word is true. Something happens when I begin to praise and worship God. That's why it's powerful for us to come in here. And so I can just see him back and forth. You know, I don't know if he's riding his camel around or what. But he was praising God and giving him glory. There's nuggets in there for us right there. Verse 21. And being fully convinced. Being fully satisfied. Being fully assured. The message said he plugged into the promise. The New International versions is the best one to me. And this is the one you're going to hear me say in the upcoming weeks. It said, he was fully persuaded. Not a little bit. Something happened in this man named Abraham that he was fully persuaded. Fully persuaded what? That what God had promised, God was able also to perform it. That reads the same for me and you. Where man, if I get a hold of the word of God and I begin to believe this, God moves. Now I want you to go backwards just a little bit. Go back to verse 19. And some of the words as I'm going back to that, Jeremiah 1.12 says that he'll watch over his word to perform it. Isaiah 55.11 says, my word shall not return to me void. Actually, it'll do precisely what I said now. There's some words in verse 19 that I want you to see tonight. He said, and, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. When it talks about the word consider there, it literally meant that he took no account of his body. He didn't contemplate the promise of God because of his own body. And so when it said he did not consider his own body, he understood and perceived it clearly. This is what my heavenly father spoke over me. So when I look at this here, when he began to act on it, there was the, the laws of man and then there were the laws of, of the spirit realm. According to the law of man, hundred year old men don't have babies. But understand this, 
the laws of the kingdom of God, they supersede the laws of nature. You go throughout the Bible and you'll see that. How many of you have been to the water park and seen anybody walking on the water? I've never seen it walking on the water. But when I read in the Bible that the Lord Jesus said to Peter, come on out, dude, you want to walk? It says he walked on the water. So again, the laws of the Bible, the laws of the king, they supersede these laws of nature. If I get over on my physical body, my flesh, then that's what's going to dominate me. Go to the book of Romans chapter 8. You've got to see this. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. So here, let me me say this. He, Abraham, he knew that the laws of God superseded the natural laws. Now, for every one of us in this room, I'm going to have the opportunity to live by the natural laws, mankind, or I can live by the laws of the kingdom. John chapter 20, verse 24, there's a man in the Bible named Thomas. Thomas was one of the the disciples. They had told Thomas that Jesus had rose from the grave. And Thomas' exact words, he said, I will not believe if if I can't touch the nail prints in his hand and if I don't see them. Now, you know as well as I do, if you can touch something or see something, you don't need any faith. But when Jesus saw Thomas, he rebuked Thomas for his lack of faith. And he said, blessed are those who've never seen that still believe. And so, what was Thomas's believing based on? It was based on his five senses, really. But to live by the supernatural laws of the kingdom of God, it's not based on my hands. It's not based on what I feel. It's not based on what I see. My whole believing is, do I believe the word of God? Do I believe the Word of God? I've had a guy in my office this week, and he, he said to me, Pastor, he said, you got to help me. He said, there's times that I, I don't feel like I'm believing the Word of God like I should. And I said, well, that's every one of us in this room. But I said, I've come to a place in my life that I realize this is the final word, Okay. And sometimes that's like yanking the rug out from under us. There are no ifs and buts about it. And I said this to him. I said, I'm just going to tell you this right now. If I go to the grave, I'm going to go to the grave believing the Bible. I'm going to stand on the word of God. And we all got to get to a place in that. Now, here we are, Romans 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh or dominated by the flesh... They set their minds on the things of the flesh. They think only with their flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For me to be carnally or fleshly minded, he says, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The New Living says you let your sinful nature control your mind, then it's death. But if you let the Spirit control you, it's life and peace. So to be spiritually minded, right here, I have to believe the Word of God about everything. For that to happen, I must become spiritually educated. What does that mean? Get in the Word, and God will get into you. I keep reading the Word, and I keep reading the Word, and I keep standing on the Word, 
And I wish to tell you tonight that I'm batting a, a, a thousand. I'm not. I'm just like you guys. There's days I get rattled by what I see and what I hear. There's days I get rattled because of circumstance and situations. But here's the, the key tonight. It doesn't change the word of God. Doesn't change it. Whether I believe the word of God or not, it's still true. I remember years ago, I'm riding in my work truck and there's a car parked right in front of me in the bumper and it said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Interesting statement, isn't it? But I'm looking that and right there in my heart I get that, that's not true. What do you mean it's not true? Well, God said it, and whether we believe it or not, it's still settled in heaven. Still. Verse number 7. Because the carnal or the mind of the flesh is enmity or hostility against God, for it is not subject to the law. It does not obey the word of God. Nor, where it is not subject to the law, word of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are the flesh... They cannot please God. So here's what I begin to see with this right here. I, I can live by the outside, which is all my flesh, my, my senses. Or I can learn to live by the inside. The word of God and from my heart. And I, I believe this with all my heart. You can trust the word of God. You can live by the word of God. So I'm reading this and I said, what would have happened if Abraham wouldn't have believed what God said? But it says that, that he was fully persuaded. He was fully convinced that God would do what he said. And so, man, this is where I want to get to. I want to get to this place where, man, I just believe God and I believe God. Go with me to Hebrews 12 and we'll end with this tonight. Hebrews chapter 12. So, the next couple weeks, you'll, you'll hear me reference being fully persuaded. Because that's the ultimate goal for everyone. We've got to be fully persuaded. Don't you guys want to be fully persuaded? I want to be fully persuaded. I want to trust God. You know, here's the thing that the, the law of the spirit realm supersedes the law of the natural. How do you believe that Jesus is coming back one day? I believe with all my heart he's coming back. How do you know that? You eat a fortune cookie and that's what it said? No. We get into the word of God and the Bible tells us. And so the Bible is very clear that when Jesus comes back, if you're dead, you're going to rise from the grave and you're going to be caught up into heaven with him. If you're alive, you're going to do a, a, a Mary Poppins and you're going to be caught up into heaven with him. So either way you go into heaven, whether you are dead or still alive... In order to do what the Bible says, it tells me that it's going to go against the law of gravity. So again, the laws of the kingdom of God, they're going to oversee or supersede the laws here on earth. That's just how God operates. I mean, God's the only one that, that I know, you know. He can tell the sun when to quit, quit moving. He can do those things because he's God. Hebrews 12 verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, 
Now, the word looking there means to give him your undivided attention. Looking away from all distractions in order to fix one gaze upon one object. Looking unto Jesus is having eyes for no one but Jesus. So what he's telling me there, man, my focus has got to get on Jesus. My focus has got to get on Jesus' words. i got to really, really, really say, man, I'm going to listen to you, Lord. I'm going to hear the word. Luke 10 uh, verses 38 through 42 was the story of Mary and Martha. And remember Jesus said about Mary, Mary's figured it out. He, she, sits in, he, she sits in my presence and hears my word. Because Jesus said in verse 42, as he said, only one thing's needed. Only one thing's needed. You got to get to a place on a daily basis where I get in the word and I hear he get in the presence of Jesus. So he says here, looking unto Jesus, the author, the originator, and the finisher or the perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So when I read this right here, I come to a place where either I'm going to Live by what Jesus said or I'm not. And I found out that in this world, when you begin to live by the things that Jesus said and you begin to live by faith, people think you're crazy. People think, man, he, he's been eating way too much pepperoni pizza or something. He's, he's messed up. I remember years ago where I worked at, we were taking a break one day, and oh my gosh, they would reference me many names, many things. And one of them looked at me, and somehow we got over on talking about tithing. And he looked at me, and he said, you do that crazy stuff? And I said, yeah, I do that. I said, I enjoy doing it. I honor it. And he said, why would you do that? And I said, because God told me to. And I'm more interested in living in God's opinion than mankind's opinion. And I believe that's where every one of us get in our lives where you look and you say, man, I've, I've tried to do things my way and I see where I'm at. So what if I just begin to learn the word of God and obey the word of God? Something begins to happen when I begin to do that. And so the ultimate goal is for every one of us to become fully persuaded in every area of our lives. And we say, okay, this is what the Word of God says. This is what the Word of God says. And I told you the story about those two guys getting their retinas healed. You know why I told that? Because every one of us in this room are in the same blessing line. If God will bless Tommy, in areas, he'll bless me. Because God's no respecter of persons. So... Where's the key there? We go back and he said, don't be weak in the faith. Don't be weak. Get in the word. Get in the word and let the word of God begin to change you and shape you. And one of the best ways that happens, you begin to speak the word. 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 And begin to keep speaking it. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.